are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you. Did you notice anything? My, I about got me? hair done. No, no, about me. Not all about you, though. Uh, the jammy. There is a right way round! Oh, my God! <laughs> Everything okay? Dressing up for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, doll. I don't have a brow, and that's the only problem, so I'm kind of shuffling this way. Oh, I've got the jammy trues on within the jumper. So Love I'm under, I'm under the desk. You don't know. But did also get my hair done, doll. Very blonde, no? It's really nice, doll. It looks really thick. Have you got your extensions in? No, I think it looks quite long as well. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's such a weird thing. You get your hair cut and your hair looks longer. <laughs> well, I didn't get it cut. She never cut it. Ah, maybe that's why then. You just spruced it up a wee bit, put a wee bit of blonde in it. X, Y, Z, fine. I know. Great. Why did you not get it cut? Because I don't want to. I'm trying to grow it. And she said, I only got it cut couple of months ago and she was like I think it looks really healthy I don't think it needs trimmed so what's I, the long-term goal then though with the hair I don't know I was looking to see like how far apart to my nips am I? I mean I'm still quite away to the nips I can't remember the last time you had long hair without your extensions so we're talking probably when I was about 18 I don't know why I keep oh, cutting it short because I so much prefer my hair longer see whenever I put my extensions in I love it I've actually got them packed for Polly's hen okay oh, Dolly yeah. no so we've had no wedding this week, but we are. We're jetting off on Thursday. We, we were missing a hen at a wedding, weren't we? It's been a week. We were, we were doll. <laughs> so we're so excited, all packed. Um, yeah. yeah. Trying to think what else has been happening. Obviously, there's a big night tonight. Episode one of A Place in the Sun. Oh, no, sorry. The Calmac documentary. <laughs> a Place in Shetland. <laughs> first one tonight if anyone's interested it's called Island Crossings BBC Scotland I believe well, we this week figure out when Josh is going to be on it well I forget the blurb but this week is about the Brodick Island <laughs> oh cute <laughs> we will cute. be watching this religiously Dolorinos so get involved oh, there will be pod, and we want to rip Josh McLaughlin and his battered sausages to bits saying to Josh I'll do a red carpet event for the week that the Stornoway Ullapool one is on and I'll do battered canopies. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Love it. The boys are like that. My mum and dad are famous now. Amazing. <laughs> one of Josh's friends is like, could he not just have late you had to have the podcast? No, he's had to go and get a BBC documentary. Mm, I okay, know. Whatever. And I hope he mentions the Dollarinos on it, doll. No, Dolly didn't even mention me, supposedly. What, is he trying to um, himself out for a bird in Rossi? I know, I know. I was like, right, okay, so you didn't mention your loving wife at home who's raising the kids, mm. got a full career, is a podcaster. Mm-hmm. No, didn't get a mention, nah. He's wearing the crystal heads up. He's wearing the Crocs on camera. Oh, he doesn't wear any nails, does he? I know that is. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, I don't, have we talked about this, doll, how Josh's work shoes are a pair of Crocs? I don't know if we have. And actually, hilariously, they'll tell the story of Murray being born. It was Callum. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Murray, it was Callum. So, um, he went to the office maybe like four days before Callum was born and he came home, he on and laughing. He was like, the post office girl just said to me. And I was like, oh, what? And he said, are you a doctor? Josh was like, no, why? He's like, oh, only doctors wear Crocs because it was like the Crocs packaging. Yeah, so he exactly. The birth of her son. I mean, perfect for the pints and pints of blood that I lost. Anyway, they were nearly ruined. 
So I was meant to have a plan set up in the emergency section and Josh comes trotting in. I know, don't like me. Um, Trotting, scrubs, crocs. And I mean, we don't need to go into the details, but I had a really, really full time. Like I can't explain. And we get into the recovery room by the teeth and Josh turns around to me and says, did you notice everyone in the theatre was wearing crocs, including (laughs) me? And I was like, no, I didn't. That's you know, not I, what I was. No, I was barely clinging on for the, dear, dear life. Uh, I was looking at my stats plummet, <laughs> <laughs> and his stats plummet when he came in with fucking Crocs on. So yeah, uh, first one tonight. But keep you posted when the when the big dog's on. Mm, mm, hmm. In fact, don't make him listen because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, true. Actually, why are we why are we giving him so much airtime when he doesn't even no. listen to the Dollarinos? Quote unquote. I listen to you talk shit enough. So, anyway, yeah. anyway doll, yes. we're here for one big reason. So, we've talked enough shit about your husband. No, no, we're not interested in him. We're only interested in one man only. So, Absolutely. our first guest of the Dollarinos. We've got all the way to episode 18 with listening to only our shite. So, basically, what we wanted to ideally do was do this last month and Pride Month. But the gays were busy. They were too busy. Mm-hmm. So, we had to. So, were we, to be fair. Yeah, true. So we had to wrangle them into July. So we would like to welcome our first guest of the Dollarinos. Hi, Dollarinos. I've been waiting my entire life to say that. <laughs> David Bennett! Yeah! Welcome! So happy to have you, David. Thank you so much for agreeing to be our first guest, i.e. bribed, i.e. Yeah. there's yeah. no other option. Yeah, i.e. you're staying with Hannah. <laughs> you're staying with Hannah all weekend, so you're being wrangled into this. Mm-hmm. But I have actually had to give him a wee beer because he was a bit nervous. Yeah, I was actually so, I was absolutely fine all day. And then in the last like 10 minutes, I've been like, oh my God, uh-huh. approximately 30 people are going to be listening to my voice. <laughs> Cheeky bastard is at least four. It's at least four. <laughs> I do think though, like we need more white men on podcasts. So I'm more than happy to facilitate that, you know. At least you're gay, dog. You are spreading out the day. I have somewhat. a small minority of being a white male middle class gay man mm. <laughs> I'll tell you're a self-proclaimed middle class person you know you have to be honest I live a luxury I know. life I'm I'm a, I am working class till I die so you're obviously a Dollarino's fan mm. number one I would say <laughs> no Karen, I would say what he is having Scott now obsessively say yeah 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 yeah, though. yeah, yeah. like on so he was telling me this and we we're laughing about it 20 minutes later, we're on the tram talking about something. I was like, oh, we, we can do that after that. He's like, yeah, 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 don't. And I was like, do you of us, I didn't realise we said that. One of us will How just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Scott will immediately come back with like, yeah, yeah, doll. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, doll. <laughs> uh, we have had this before. It's the doll and you know it's a fake. You can't it's help so it. bad. Mm. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty unoffensive. as it good. Goes, yeah, I mean, as it's you say, the fair to people that listen that are all saying dull. <laughs> yeah. You've got to spread the good word. Um, and David, you were obviously, like, I'm pretty sure we have spoken before we started the pod about threatening to do the pod, and you were always like, no, you just need to do it, girls. Yeah. So you've been, so you're, at, you're actually in the, you know, the board, if you will. Hmm. <laughs> I was there when Hannah got a delivery of the podcast microphone. Like, 
she was telling me from her ground floor balcony in Finiston. And I was like, amazing. You have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one of her. I handed her a bag of donuts and a oh. cold flat white from some cafe in Deniston. Yeah. Please, hopefully I get on the Insta story. <laughs> Validate me. <laughs> we all had to do it you know uh-huh everyone was panicking i'd probably posted somebody else's drop off that day so david was like <laughs> running around denison looking for a coffee shop for me <laughs> it was just eternally like out of flower vases so you really had to kind of you know you had to get imaginative of what you should actually give oh i've told him that if i was to ever become ill or go in a coma i will know if he comes back from australia to visit me and i will expect it so it will be balcony 2.0, just saying. Okay. Are you joking, doll? <laughs> no. David, do you pander to that? <laughs> <laughs> doll, donuts and flat whites, he'll be there. <laughs> she was like, I mean, um, I will I will be unconscious, but I will know. I will. <laughs> when uh, Hannah was bad well with our bowel obstruction, I mean, doll, that wasn't nice to be fair, but there was a particular night, it was me and Log in the room with you and you weren't, like, you weren't even compass mentis and like, I think we were maybe like that and then you know marginally upset for a wee while and then I'd brought a poly pack of a uh, cream eggs <laughs> and I was like bowel obstruction what was I going to do she's, with it she's not going to eat these logs I mean log tucked into a cream egg each <laughs> sitting there like that but Joel, do you know what still still took note of the visit so thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're like I, I can someone else is in the room with me that's all that I need <laughs> even though I was yet to meet her for approximately what like four or five years she's still annoyed I wasn't there oh uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely I had yeah I didn't meet you for another no that happened in the March and I met you that that August was it that year mm, that was that year yeah mm-hmm. like but I think if you were a good friend you would have sensed that something was going on around about that time and maybe I had a bad feeling I, mean, I mean he was in Newcastle but mm-hmm. doesn't matter we're not here to talk about me for once or Karen I think it's a really good opportunity for us um probably to show what our pod's about as well we did actually want to record this episode last month because obviously that was pride month and we slightly have missed the boat for that but we still thought it was an important episode to do regardless because, you know, as much as Karen and I absolutely love talking nonsense on the pod, we do think it's also important that we use the pod to highlight, you know, issues in today's society and things that are important to both of us, one of which being the LGBTQIA plus community and the issues and hardships that they still face today. So we thought, you know, what better place and who better to discuss that with than one of our best friends and, you know, use this as an opportunity for us and all of our listeners to learn, you know, what these issues are from, you know, directly from um, someone in that community and how we as, you know, straight cis people can be allies and, you know, support the community and improve things going forward. And sorry, just, I was just going to say, you know, I think we all need to, so not not you, David, this is not about making you uncomfortable. We all need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people, for whatever reason, it's actually barbaric to me that some it, some things in life make them uncomfortable when it is 
the normal. Like, get used to it. This is the way life is. This is the way life should be. Like, I just think that... I just don't know, understand why people get so annoyed at other people living their life. Like, no. it doesn't affect you. Why are you so... Yeah. Like, totally. I... See, when I see, like, a, a like, same-sex couple wedding or, like, I see, like, you and Scott... Love together, it. I just get so emotional and I just don't understand, like how anybody could not see that as equal love like how that and still unfortunately many countries around the world that is seen as illegal mm. as an equal yeah. you know fuck's sake even in america if the republicans could have their way um i just cannot understand how that by any mean is deemed lesser just because it's not male and female I, like, I just cannot get I just cannot get that into my brain like and I just don't understand it do you feel like how do you find it in well now Australia because you fucking left us <laughs> actually like do you think for one night only ladies <laughs> specifically for this yeah. <laughs> unrelated to my sister's upcoming nuptials no, actually <laughs> yeah about that um do you find do you find a difference? Like, did you find the gay scene here versus Australia? How do you find that? Do you find the acceptance is different? I think in Australia at the minute, like, work. So I'm in Melbourne, mm. which is like very liberal, very modern. I live in like a very young, trendy, hip suburb. Obviously, mm. obviously, yeah, you'll fit in. Yeah, mm-hmm. flat obviously. whites coming out. If anything, years. I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit of a dinosaur. Like, I'm, I could get cancelled walking down the street. <laughs> But I think... You're a bit millennial for them. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, it is a really... It's a very nice environment. It's very fun. Where I work is quite like... An, it's almost quite different. It's like very impoverished. But you notice there's still... I, I'd say it's probably an equi- equally as, you know, tolerant place towards gay people. But I think in the world alone and everywhere we have, you know, they've definitely got a long way to go as we do in Scotland with, you know, people and, Mm. you know, higher acceptance of them. I think Scotland itself probably is a bit of a problem at the minute with that because of everything that's been going on with like the gender reform act and everything. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's a big sticking point in Scotland at the minute. And yeah, it's just something that, you know, as, as cis people, we all get comfortable with discussing and, you know, if you know you have friends who aren't maybe as supportive it's it's a good education point for everyone absolutely david you've obviously gr- i'm making an assumption have you grown up gay like have you known oh, yeah. young age yeah i had so, one girlfriend aged like primary four primary three oh, okay <laughs> and okay. it ended through some note sharing in primary school where she wanted to kiss me after school and i didn't want to kiss her back Awesome. because I was a late homosexual <laughs> and, um, and she wrote me a note in the back of her sharpener that was like why don't you want to kiss me and then I wrote her a note back and stuffed it in the back of her sharpener and went it's over and she wrote back and said <laughs> okay oh, oh my that was that? god that was it so... and I had just been to Paris because it was like over New Year and we'd gone with my, I'd gone with my family and obviously middle class who isn't in Paris at New Year <laughs> Like the one holiday we've had in like six years abroad, but yeah. Um, and <laughs> I'd brought her back a little notebook with like ladybugs on the cover and I could have given it to my friend and I didn't. I gave it to her. Instead. But um, <laughs> she, <laughs> I gave it to her instead, but she is actually not also in a same-sex relationship. So oh, God speak to her. Perfect. 
So basically, At least she was had, trying to. Get, she was going to give the kiss a go. Unfortunately, I was not. Yeah. Was no. Great gal. So did you? Did you know from you were really young? When do you think you first realized I? You know, I'm not into. I. Girls. It's difficult to pinpoint. I think I hit yeah. and I was just attracted to men. It was. Mm. It wasn't like it was ever an option. No. An awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't suddenly I have don't... like a vision where I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i used to whenever i was young whenever i was like p1 like before primary school i had two main obsessions and one was the sound of music like mm. I used to, oh no Love it. it was mary poppins sorry it was mary mm. poppins and i think i was so obsessed with that film and i don't know why maybe it's because julie andrews obviously gay icon herself uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah and the second thing was whenever i was primary one i stole a book from the library that was about bin men <laughs> and it was quite like a hyper masculine book and I think I didn't want to be a bin man. No, it's funny because I know we've spoken previously in the pod about like Hannah's sexual awakening with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm obviously in a image sexual relationship. I'm I'm straight. I fancy men. I find men attractive. You know, I can't actually say that's the point that I knew I was straight. Do you know what I mean? But that's, I suppose it's quite. It's funny because that's the. It's the norm, so it's not a feeling you're expecting to. It's an assumption that you will have that experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. Not... No, asked, so when did you know you were straight? Yeah, yeah exactly. Did but you have I... to come out as straight to your parents? But I mean, no. to be fair, I did. You know, I did know I was straight with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> John, I know who mine was, and I can't believe I'm saying this to your thirty listeners. <laughs> um, you know, Kevin McLeod from Grand Designs. What? So I'm gonna. I'm oh my god, me and my dad used to watch that <laughs> all the time. Query worried about Paul Macris, but anyway. Um, yeah, oh my god, random. Random. I mean, not anymore. But... <laughs> Scott will be listening to us like, what the fuck? He looks nothing like Kevin no, he Oh my <laughs> god, David. Oh my lord. First Ben Men, then Kevin McLeod. What the hell? Standards were low. Yeah. And it took a long time. It is. <laughs> no, please don't shame me like that. Please do Kevin McLeod early 2000s. I'll do, yeah, I'll do 2001. No, but that's the one that's going on the Insta. You know it will. <laughs> Get that same. I mean, David, even then, honey. <laughs> He's had just... a nose job, I think. Oh, I kind of take that back. Was I okay? <laughs> loving the fleece. Mm. You know me, I love mm. it. He does love a corset. I mean, I'm wearing one right now. Mm. I must be. Yeah, so, sorry, I was going to say, David, so, like, you've you've grown up gay. You obviously grew up in Ireland, and then mm. you've, you've moved over here. Like, was there any, like, was there a point in your life where you thought, I feel accepted, or was there points where you thought, I don't feel accepted? I suppose it'd be quite interesting just to hear, like, how things have differed as you've you've got older? I think I obviously went to school in Northern Ireland, good, strong Catholic education as per. Um, and Only the best. <laughs> it was quite funny because our school, the boys were like, you know, like it was all single-sex schools in our local cities, as it would be in a lot of areas in Northern Ireland. So you went to um, an all-boys? Yeah, went to, I went to a mixed primary school mm-hmm. and then went to an all-boys secondary school. Sure, that's must... interesting to me. I know, mm-hmm. there surely must have been some shenanigans going on, Dolly, you know. I mean, if there was, no one was fucking telling me, so <laughs> fuck <it. laughs> 
Nobody was passing me notes in the Ladybird notepad. No, unfortunately not. That was the first and last. <laughs> Your sharpener was empty at all times. <laughs> My pencils have never been sharper in their lives. Um, ah. It was quite funny though, like we were in school. Was, it's obviously tough. It's an all boys school. It's not going to be amazing for me and overweight um you know <laughs> i had hair like claire balding like i literally would have given matthew Logo a run for his money let's see hannah with a fancy you hannah with a fancy <laughs> pencil it's over you'd be saying um, to hannah it's over <laughs> okay um and basically we were in a group there was maybe like 15 of us would have gone to the, we would have all had like so half the dolorino's listeners yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> We would have all like gone to the bus stop every day, and that's like where we had our lunch. We just like hung out there and stuff. And like that group, in that group, there was a surprising amount of homosexuals. Like there was like well over half of us have since come out as gay, or Mm -hmm. you know maybe part of the spectrum. You know, Godspeed to them. And we had it's just so funny because like we obviously all just had so much in common, including the fact that we all had, you know, we all hadn't come out to each other or anything yet. But it was like obviously a very supportive. Oh, French, like group of friends. Like I'm still really good pals with a few of them, and yeah, I mean, it was so just nice. odd that we all just sort of gravitated towards one another. But I think in that year as a whole, though, it ended up being quite a lot of people who've since since mm. come out and stuff. So mm. they fancy Kevin McLeod. <laughs> I don't think it was discussed. Did you all know? go home and watch Grand Designs together? I just loved. Is that an know? after school club? <laughs> <laughs> like a book club but you know we'd all just discuss you know oh what was the, that what was the latest design so have you ever had any experiences like really negative experiences I've had some I had one with a friend not a friend someone I I went to uni with who like was looking on his phone on Facebook and I was at clinical placement so I was like 21 mm. 22 and one of his friends who was like a model had put up like a profile picture and he then released a torrent of like, oh my God, what uh, effing F, queer F, you know, like all the words were being flung out of his mouth. And we were like, what? we were all in clinical work gear, sat around the table being like, and I was like, what the hell? Here, like, do you fucking mind? And he like shat himself. And then, yeah, he since like, he's since apologized in such a big way. And I think he's had, I think because... People come from school and they learn quite a lot of toxic behavior around saying words like that and mm. giving, you know, really derogatory things about gay people because, you know, it's embarrassing and it's like something that you mm. can use. You know, like way back, like not very recently, people would have been like, oh, that's so gay or like he's gay, she's gay, you know, like in a negative way. Mm. And I think that was maybe a learned behavior that he'd not unlearned. And I think it was yeah, obviously a bit of a shock to hear, but I think it was actually a really good educational point for him because he realized that that is not acceptable you're a grown mm, ass yeah. adult. you need to take accountability for the things you say and the absolutely you say them in and yeah. i think we've actually since become really good pals because i think we had well we had a lot of mutual friends and things and then you know i think he was so apologetic at the time mm. and since then that we're since actually you know kind of learn reflect and grow and i think mm. he's probably all the better for it anyway mm. but that also yeah. highlight you as a person being that forgiven that is the kind of person that you are that you allow that like you accept that I think you know we are in an environment and Scott always says I love to cancel celebrities but I think (laughs) we're probably very quick to cancel and I think actually people can make mistakes people can make mistakes people can slip up and say a lot of homophobic phrases in second period but I think it's an important education Mm. Mm. 
Um, you know, it's really it's really interesting David, because I like we lived in I'm just thinking about like as a parent and how I would like to educate my kids, I suppose, because one of my biggest concerns is, you know, I'm from a small town west of Scotland. Mm. Everyone's white, most people look the same, you know, everyone you sort of fit into this box, I suppose. Mm. We're it's so non-diverse down here. Mm. And I think um and I like she won't mind my main name dropping, but one my best friend Leila's um half Moroccan. She is absolutely stunning. Mm. And I think throughout school, like she she suffered, you know, a level of racism that mm. is absolutely not acceptable. And, you know, in our year group she was one of few that had was a person of colour and um, as I was saying, like we obviously lived in the south side of Glasgow, and very diverse place. Absolutely, like I loved my kids going to nursery there, and everyone's different, and it's just quite like it's just a very different feeling living in Largs. I would mm-hmm. say, like I do have this concern of like sheltered, non-diverse, non-inclusive at times environment mm-hmm. that I'm bringing that I've decided to live in and bring my kids up in and mm. you know it's many things that I love about Largs but it's one of the things that I really struggle with is how non-diverse it is um, and I'm really interested like as a parent like how how do we educate our kids to be better with this sort of thing I mean I think enriching them with and um, normalizing same-sex relationships normalizing yeah. trans non-binary the full mm. LGBTQIA is very important and you know correcting you know it's good education for probably good for yourselves and for your kids to read yourselves up on it and work out how you as a parent can be a good ally because yeah it's not just about you know taking them to the south side and the queen's park and being like go speak to someone who looks fun like you know yeah it's about like educating them in a way that they'll understand because I think that's the most important thing is that they have a good understanding that people aren't like them and people aren't like people in Largs like I was yep. in like a very non-diverse area I went to a very non-diverse school and I think it is yeah it is just about trying to maintain an exposure where your kids are completely normalized to you know people from all backgrounds, all experiences and all, you know, walks of life. And then, yeah, it's just about... I think that, that I remember that at school, them talking about that a lot, because what you don't want is your kids to go off to uni. The kids <laughs> to go off on the Carmack <laughs> Ferry with a bag of sausage in hand. And, yeah. uh, and you, wouldn't, you don't want them going off to uni and that's the first time... Absolutely. ...someone yeah. that's out with, as you say, they're kind of large package of person and they don't even know... Like, they're so uneducated. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I do remember that in my high school. Our teachers talking about, I mean, they were actually trying to just push the Catholic agenda, but whatever. They were like, you know, you're going to be challenged when you go to university. You're going to meet a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different religions, a lot of different areas of the world. Like, you don't realise, like, what a small little kind of bubble you all live in at the moment. Yeah. Like, your minds are about to be totally blown. And it's so true. Like, mm. that is so true. And I think yes. that's such a, I think it's a great way to think as a parent. Though, have you seen on TikTok? I don't know if you follow them, but I am obsessed with you know Chriselle from Selling Sunset and G Flip. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like I borderline fancy G Flip, and I don't really know why. Right? But, They're actually playing in Melbourne in a few months in Scotland. Really? Like we need to go. See oh my them. god, you do? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'd be jealous. <gasps> if they are, let's go. Oh my god, we'll do. We're doing like a concert tour in Melbourne here. Yeah, 
Um, can I just actually, sorry, as an aside, but can I state for the record, read the Taylor Swift situation? Mm-hmm. Wait until the G flip story, and then we'll come back. <laughs> but basically, I, there's a there's a mum on TikTok who records her kids' conversations at the back of the car, and it is so funny, right? The wee boy is very clever, clearly very, very, very clever, and it's he's explaining things to his wee sister in the back of the car, like really funny. And he's talking to, he does a lot of drumming and he's talking to his wee sister about G-Flip and what mm-hmm. non-binary means and um, like what, you know, what what does it mean to be non-binary? How would you address someone that's non-binary? And honestly, you would cry listening to it. He's so, so, so cute, so adorable. But she is such, oh, here we go. It's not a she or a he. It's she's non-binary. Look, they're non-binary. What's not binary? It's when someone feels like they're a they're not a girl or a boy, or sometimes when they feel like they're a boy and a girl. So oh. both. So cute. I mean, he's mm. maybe about three or four. Maybe I was maybe about five or six. Yeah. And that was like G flip reacting, crying, and then this. Um, so the mum's called Emmeline, like Emma. But then I like, need to follow her. Well, need to follow her. Um, so good. I think on the, I think on the like being a parent thing about it. Like I'm quite intent on, like my kids having really good mo- role models, and um, one of my best friends from work is uh, my friend Zishan, and he's married, so he's in the same sexual relationship, married to his husband Taj, and my kid like, um. Zishan's a Muslim, Taj is a Sikh, like they have, like they just know them as Uncle Z and Uncle Taj, like there's no, like, you know, why are they together or why did they get married? There's, It's just who they are and it's, you know, I'm I'm quite passionate about making sure my kids have people in their life that show, you know, we need to be inclusive and in how diverse our world is and that's what makes it the best. I think the the key is as well with kids, like the reason that non-binary folk and transgender people are having so much trouble at the minute is because fully grown ass adults are struggling to understand basic concepts. Totally. Mm. Like my mom's generation are horrific. I think it's, it's a point where if they're not willing to learn that, the best we can do then is make sure that future generations have completely realized Mm. that people exist with, you know, same sex or opposite sex relationships Mm. and cisgender um, and I think, you know, for them, if they don't even need to think of that as a new or an unusual concept, if it's just a reality of life, you yeah, know, you know, we, we don't have a lot to go. Yeah. You know, so, fellas, Indo, what was the Melbourne thing, the, the Taylor Swift thing? Oh, right. So, yeah. Um, I first of all, fifteen percent of the Australian population was trying to get a Taylor Swift ticket. So I was in a group of 20 plus people called the Taylor Swindicate. So shout out if you're listening, girls. And <laughs> whenever I tell you, between us all, there was maybe six tickets got by the end. And, and this guy got one of them. <laughs> I got four of them, 20 people. And one girl ended up spending like 600 plus pounds on a single VIP ticket. Oh my God. Wow. It was insane in in Australia because there were no New Zealand dates, just Australia, just Sydney, just Melbourne. For a huge population. So mm. obviously it was just insane. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just the best friend ever. Like I got... Yeah, you are, David. Amy, my friend Amy's also joining us. And I got Hannah tickets. To be fair, I should 
also give Scott a shout out here because he was the one who got us that it was his laptop that did the right yeah, thing. Is he going? Yeah, yeah, he's one of the four. He's brushing So it's up. just Logue that's sitting in himself. Yeah. <laughs> Usual. Is, and... is, is Logue sitting in for G Flip as well or do you think he'll go <laughs> I might get him to come along and be like, this is who I could leave you for. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see a Chrishell vibe in your future, you know. I could oh definitely God, yeah. see I it. just think, but I mean, Chrishell's gorgeous as well. Mm-hmm. Like, She's beautiful. Fancy yeah. both of them, to be honest. You but, fancy um... a Hora as well, don't you, doll? Me? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I fancied... Taste? Oh, God, yeah, she mm. was so fucking... She was mm-hmm. hot. Um, and just to the floor, and I'm not talking about my wife. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, I had like a bit of a borderline obsession with at one point Sasha Valour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um oh my god, um Katia. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Like I mean Katia. she's gone she's gone on and off the rails too much for me, but OG, mm-hmm. like when she did All Stars season two, we're talking about drag race if anyone's mm-hmm. like what you the hell have, are you all talking about? And if you don't, you need to get educated. So go back yeah. to season one on Netflix. That is how you get the boys educated, though. We are going to get yeah. them on yes. Drag Race from season one. Yeah. Please, please watch them all. <laughs> we all basically went to see Drag Race together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah, mm. it was great. Bing, bang, bong, bong. With no Bimini. Cannot. And no bing, bang, bong either. They didn't even mm-hmm. bloody sing that. I know. Well, here you go. So. So. Are you. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's yeah, let's let's get ability right now. I know we're maybe being a wee bit on PC because as we say, you know, nobody asks, how did you come out straight? But how did you come out? How was it? it was was actually, it difficult or was it okay? I came out in the most like splayed fashion possible. Like I told friends and then What age are we talking here, David? Like told my one of my best friends, Sarah Heatley. Hello if you're listening. Oh hi, Sarah. Um, I'm actually her bridesman in her upcoming nuptials next year so I will be returning from Australia for that Um, we'll get get him on for part two ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) we'll see how many lessons we get David before we start promising this we get contracts Um, so I told her first and then told my other best friend also called Sarah and then told kind of like a selection of other friends in the in my area and then went to uni so this was at school this was at school, so I was like 17, 18 at the time. Do you think your mum and dad knew? They think... always knew, doll. Yeah, doll. Always. Even when they were buying fucking Ladybird books in Paris, they're like, ah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, who's, yeah. Who's telling them here? <laughs> Me or you? But you know, like, I was always, it was pretty, like, it wasn't a surprise to anyone, I would say. Yeah. You know, mm. I think I went to, I played the double bass. I went to orchestra every Saturday. I was in every musical my school ever did. You know, I was very mm. in the arts. Mm. I was so, like so. Type of not loving sports, love like music and musicals and all that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, very classic, I suppose. I find that, not that I find that difficult, but I do find that difficult because I think, why does a gay person fit that criteria? Why, could it Why be have we been like stereotyped? Yeah. How did I become? I think it's such a good point because it's our school was like, it's one of the top Gaelic football schools in the country. It's very mm. much pushed. And yeah. I think it's that alternative where if you're not in the norm, if you don't play the football, you know, like what's wrong with you? Yeah, what's happening here? Yeah, you have an interest that's not. My husband's obsessed with musicals and 
the only CD he had in his car forever has been Les Mis. So I would like to say he really likes to push the stereotypes. <laughs> push those boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Check out our guys. But, I mean, there's not many. I mean, there was a big fucking hoo-ha about Gareth Thomas coming out. That was a watershed moment, I think, because nobody at any elite level of sport had come out at that point. No, football player. There was no... No, he was rugby. rugby. No, I know he was rugby, but is, is there currently any... Yeah, there's a couple. Only, no, only there's one in like the B. One has recently, like, is that not what the fuck? fucking mental? There is no footballer. I need to Google that because that was recently. It was, yeah. No I, male footballer at all. Like, females have a lot of representation, which is amazing. I think, yeah. I think the ladies are doing it right. So do I. Absolutely. Where it's not only normalized, it's oh, just the most them. accepting group of people. And it also, 100%. Like, the TikToks I'm getting at the minute are spicy you know there's a lot of like on you know like people will people like you know two girls on the pitch will dirty look each other and they'll be like oh my god the tension was yeah I'm like no I think she just yeah. tackled her hand yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah um I actually worked with Jenny Beatty um she worked on Epicures for a while so shout out to Jenny Beatty I don't think you listen but if you do hello um please shout out the <laughs> podcast <laughs> oh no um one of the nicest girls I have ever met in my life such a lovely, lovely person. She now goes out with Amber Rose Gill from Love Island, Way. and she also plays for Arsenal. So, you know, she's a she's a big name in the football and scene as Jenny Beatty. Right, we're ready for this. Mm-hmm. As oh. of twenty twenty two, there is one openly gay male footballer in England's top four men's divisions. Jake Daniels, a forward for Blackpool FC, won the Blackpool. Um is the only currently open English gay footballer. Where are you, folks? I mean, where are you? In the you? locker Come room, on. though. They're in the locker room. It must be... That blows my mind. It's it's horrific because yeah. that is such a huge population of the UK's role models. Absolutely. And, you know, football culture is, for the men anyway, it's toxic as... Bejeep. Yeah, it's toxic, like, yeah. Oh, my God. It's horrendous. You know, like there's ex- easy slurs as well, like easy, easy slurs, easy, easy slurs. for fans to latch on to. Like, mm-hmm. it's must, like at, at its best, it's, you know, a lot of men displaying their emotion on a Saturday. At its worst, it's homophobic, misogynistic, racist, yes. transphobic. It's everything horrendous from the top down if you're in, mm. you know, for some of the fans. Now, yeah. everyone in the same brush don't still get cancelled. I'm sure some of you are nice, but. <laughs> I do think there is a element where, yes, granted, not all football fans, but, you know, it's an issue in football that needs to be yeah. talked about more. Mm. I openly hate football, David, so I'm I'm very much with you in that. I think it's a toxic environment. Male football. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's not. It's not the best. You know, I just think it's quite a, quite a strong environment for, for anyone to be in. Um, and people take their kids to that. You know, like, they're afraid to take their kids to a drag brunch, but... Or like a drag book reading or a drag performance. Have you but, seen this about oh this? Oh my god! This place in America, so this girl runs like an, a book club in a small mm-hmm. town in where is it like Missouri or something or something like that? And she runs a book club. Well, what is what you were just saying there? And mm-hmm. uh, they do like a, a book reading every month, and it's a different theme, and it's about it's all about like she felt when she was a mum. There wasn't much for her to do, she didn't, and it was everything was expensive. And if you wanted to go to something, you had to be part of a club. And she was like, "There is nowhere 
for mums to come free of charge to be near other mums and, you know, chat. So she owned a toy shop or bought a toy shop and then started doing these monthly big book readings. And yeah, she got a drag queen as one of the one of the themes one month. And she has been it's been horrific the abuse that she's had mm-hmm. and the slander and actually threats and people kind of like videos of people coming into the shop and threatening her to her face wow there's a drag queen's coming to read to some children i mean she was like if you don't like it don't come it happened to scotland i've just been looking at their instagram it's it was tom harlow who's like a really famous well a well-known glasgow-based performer and they had a very similar experience where they were doing shows for kids and you know with the gender issues being as toxic as they mm. are in Scotland they've received a shit ton of abuse for being themselves and entertaining you know entertaining huge groups of people and I think they had to stop their kids shows at one point because it was so toxic and so horrendous whereas I'm telling you now if we ever had a child oh my god you'd I'm... be at the drag show reading already know I would be front and she would be, the you'd, be you'd be flying to Missouri <laughs> I will be I'll, I'll, where are the three dragons so there's, <laughs> Lou, there's Lou coming in Lou is lucky that he's not putting a tutu every day like, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how much my children will be immersed in drag culture. Mm. <laughs> like, love it. I just yeah. don't, don't get it. Just as you say, David, like, you're happy to take your child into these really toxic sporting environments, but people are find it abominable that you would take them to go and see a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. you now, far more entertainment in a drag show than there is a fucking game of bloody Glasgow football, that's for sure. So yeah. anyway, we've digressed. Where were we up to? Talking about you coming out. So you, yeah. you, Sarah, you told Sarah. Told Sarah, told the other Sarah. David was worried he wasn't going to have enough to say. My God, this is not so funny. We're, we're actually going to be doing about six recordings for this. And then thing. I was 12 and... <laughs> no, um... It was the 7th of December, 2000. <laughs> it was Grand Design, Season 1, Episode 3. <laughs> this is the most Hannah Macrath-led conversation ever because we've started at one point and we've gone so far removed. I know. No, not Hannah Macris, that is me and Karen all over the back. This is why we were 18. You know when we talked really? about that pod fading, most podcasts run out at seven, they didn't meet us. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I up to? Yeah, so told friends, told my siblings while I was at uni, I think, and then I sort of what had... My sister used, Leah, my, my next sister up, um, and I started uni at the same year. Um, hi, Leah. You, Leah did tell me before the podcast she was like try not to get cancelled David <laughs> thanks thanks for your support too late um, well we've already pissed off the transphobes and the football fans and we're not even <laughs> yeah, so. we used to FaceTime at like after nights out and we'd obviously both be drunk and stuff and she would be FaceTiming me and I'd be like oh hey and we were once at like an afters and or I was just I think our halls didn't have a living room so we'd all just chill in our bedrooms and I was we were literally like chilling in my friend's room that we all used to hang out in and he like jumped into frame and was like, hey. And Leah was like, are you together? And I was just like, no, this is my very straight friend. Thanks, Leah. <laughs> but they were both like, you know, I think it took me, it took me a really long time to come up to mum and dad, actually, even though they knew from the is age of seven. Yeah, I told them on my graduation. Wow. Both of them. Both of them. But both so I thought you told your dad in the car and they're driving back from the airport. No. Or was that just when he had it once told you about it? That was like after, that was like whenever I was working or something. Yeah, I think that was whenever I was coming back from Glasgow. And David, was there was there points maybe leading up to that where you thought, I need to tell mom and dad? And you yeah. just, like, what, what kind of stopped you? 
I think I had no doubt that they weren't going to be like beyond the most supportive parents ever. Like they're ridiculously proud of me and my siblings. Like they're so supportive. Like I can't fault what they did. They were incredibly patient while I just dicked about and didn't tell them for years and years. But I think I'd compartmentalize my life so easily. Like mm. in Newcastle, I was out at home. You know, I just hadn't told them yet. But like it was very it was almost like an open secret. Like they very much knew and they were very, you know, patient and understanding the whole way. And then obviously on graduation, we woke them up at like four in the morning, steaming drunk to be like, David's gay. Well, I, I told them myself and my mom was actually like, Oh, that's great. Like, can we go back to sleep now? And then we were like <laughs> opening the Prosecco being like time for a drink guys. Like so good. And that, that was actually the same day that in Northern Ireland, obviously it was illegal to get married. And that was the day where the UK government had finally stepped in and been like, if the, you know, if the Northern Ireland government don't get their arses in gear and form a government, this is being passed today. And then, you know, it's still being kicked down the road and stuff. But that was like, it was quite a pivotal day, I think, for gay rights where we live. And also, I think I was just fed up with having not told them it was such a stupid thing. I think every time I went to do it, I would just psych myself out so easily. Or there'd be some mild stressor or... yeah. Have a conversation after that about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and both of my sisters, and um, this is a humble brag alert, guys. But me and my me and my me and both of my sisters all graduated in the same two week period. So me and my other me and all Leah, as doctors as well. By the way, wow. So we had we started off with Leah's graduation, and then we got the ferry to my graduation, and then that was whenever we came out and stuff. And then we had about a week, a week and a half where we stayed with my auntie in Leeds and kind of like worked our way down to Norwich where Quiva graduated with, with her PhD. And we had, you know, I think every night it was just like, we were having really nice chats about it. We'd been very open about it and stuff. And like my parents were, you know, there was a point where Leah went back, Leah and Quiva went back to Glasgow to look at flats because Leah was moving to Glasgow at the same time as me. And I had a few days with my parents, just like the three of us. And we actually had some really nice, just like general conversations about stuff and I think it was funny because like I was very much single up until sort of moving to Glasgow I like I had brief periods where I dated people and it never really worked out and mm. I think that was such a maturing experience for me that suddenly it was a you know I'd like met Scott within what five months of moving to to Glasgow and here we are and Aww. like that is just so lovely I'd, I'd love to hear what your mom and dad would say about it my dad was so sweet even though it was like five in the morning and he was exhausted after all of the all of the days festivities but he just sort of said like you know you have to you have to live your truth David that's so lovely I could cry I and know. Now, like that's all you could ever want like because, yeah 100% you know you, you and you do say that you're so lucky like you've had such a positive experience and also not everything yeah. unfortunately no but... I think it's it's definitely worth saying I was incredibly avoidant of the situation given how lucky I was like people I had friends who had horrendous coming out experiences and you know it's you know it's very like I was just so lucky in that my parents were so fine and okay yeah. and very much yeah. al- already on the on the gravy train because you know they'd known for probably like 15 years prior to that and I was just being like oh he 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 off to uni yeah. and I think they were so understanding of that because I think one of the big worries I had wasn't of acceptance it was that they'd be upset that I hadn't told them yeah years yeah. in advance you know yeah because I'd left it so late I think that was a big work that was such a worry for me that like they'd be upset that I didn't feel like I could be you know I think that was the fear that like they would think that I thought that they weren't 
supportive or anything which yeah. it was the opposite was the case it was yeah i felt like i like wasn't being my honest self with him and it was all like that oh. was what i was worried about more than being like you I'm, know yeah absolutely that is just i mean because i'm sure it would be like as you say they've always known it'd be there i would like to think majority of parents like worst nightmare to think of you suffering thinking yeah absolutely absolutely you know they they've always been fantastic and i think oh. you know even with scott and stuff they're amazing oh. with him i think they they like him a bit too much like <laughs> sort of locked in now for the rest of my days yeah you really you've just set the bar so high <laughs> yeah oh. it's been difficult because like that was since i came out like i think i dated someone once and then there was just like you know a lot of no yeah. a lot of non-starters and then a lot of it's over a lot of of, no thank you (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. the best boy ever which comes nicely to our next question so how did you find like your first experiences of like going out in the gay scene I so I went a lot of my friends in uni the first couple of years were very much you know straight people so we Mm. all we didn't really go out in the gay scene that often and I remember there was one night where like I was really, really drunk and we were just like in a normal club and I was like, all my friends were getting off with people. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going to see what a gay club's like. So I just like ran out. There was like this area in Newcastle called the Pink Triangle. So I like sprinted there. And then like, I was so, I remember the bouncer was like, you're quite drunk, so please look after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but but come on in. But, but, but yeah. please enter and please pay us five pounds. And oh, I was yeah. like, thank yeah. you. And I remember I went in and I was just like immediately the most intimidated man on the planet Earth. I was immediately just like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. I don't know who to speak to. I was like, get me out of here. And I think I lasted yeah. 10 minutes, had darned one gin and tonic and then ran back to the back. friends. And I was like, never let me do that again. <laughs> so was that um, the first time you ever went to a gay club? Um, We've been to a gay club together. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, Have so, we? all three of us, huh? Oh, went, yeah. to, went to the gay capital of Europe. <laughs> I, it won't surprise anyone that I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh Jesus! We'll not even talk about that. We cannot. What happened in Sitges stays in Sitges. Mainly because you. Yeah. because <laughs> you don't know what happens. Um, You're lucky this isn't a Stitches ep- episode, though. My good lord! I know. Next time. Next time. Oh, next time. Um, I just. I mean, I love gay clubs. I don't really mm-hmm. go anywhere else. Like, down since moving to Manchester, Canal Street is the only place that I go. Mm-hmm. Like, you just feel like you're home. You're it's like, so, oh, do you know what? It's, it's so nice. funny because I was so afraid the first couple of years of uni. Like, once I was out in London with her friend Julia and she took me to heaven. And then she was oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> the club. And um, she literally went, like, I really want to go home, but like you just you stay here, you have a good time, you go party with everyone. And I was like, do not leave me. <laughs> it's like I'm so intimidated. That's so funny. And um, then like I don't know, it probably I don't know. I went to Glasgow anyway, and I don't know if it was like coincidence that I came out in the interim, but to my parents in the interim, and I was like a lot more. I wasn't like not a piece of myself, but I was a lot more comfortable in my own skin. Oh, I think yeah. that would have definitely and made a difference. I just could not get enough of the polo launch. Oh Obviously, God. I've been there. Love polo. I haven't been in years. Oh my God, I love polo. It is amazing. That What's the room yeah. off the side with like the wee stage in the mm. middle? Yeah. Uh, and the showers at the back that you can't go into. Love. And so we've briefly mentioned the love of your life, Scott. How did you meet him? It was in a club, wasn't it? Was it was in polo. <laughs> <laughs> Why is love this? that. It was actually... So I... 
had moved to Glasgow in the July, August, and this was January time, like January the 17th, 18th. Not that I'm counting the dates or anything. um, (laughs) That's the year I gave birth. That's the day I gave birth, 17th of January. Oh my God. 2020. What year? 2020. 2019. Well, it's 2019. So it was Murray's first birthday and I was in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Loving up for him. All of mm-hmm. Two role models for my son. Mm-hmm. All of my uni pals had come down. So I'm in like a group of like eight of us. Um, you know who you are, shout out. And <laughs> my friend, we were like basically just having such a great night. Very much like all of us just having, you know, the music in Polo. Yeah. Is I know, it's great. Uh-huh. Transcending. Transcending. <laughs> And they, Grace anyway, just starts talking to this like quite handsome man in a tuxedo. And I was like, who is this guy? I was like, classic Grace, you know, like she's got, she's got great techers, you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. And, and Scott is gorgeous. Scott is gorgeous. He is gorgeous. And I actually have photos from that night because the girls were doing a photo shoot of Scott and I, but <laughs> uh, pinning that. Can we post and, them to the Dollar Rios? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll find them somewhere. And um, we had, anyway, Grace was chatting to this guy, gone over and said hello, but I just assumed they were going to get off of each other. And so then I went away and then I came back and then it kind of turned out that he was like trying to get info on me. So I was like, oh, like, he seems kind of fun. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then we got talking for ages and ages and just had like such a nice time. Kind of like arranged the date that night. I mean, I do remember when we first looked at the Insta, I was like, whoa, those cheekbones. I I was like, holy moly, David. Leah Leah did say she was like, he looks a bit like a Disney prince. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. He's like Prince Eric, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, that's actually such a shout. Um, I'll see if I can find those photos. My God, um, Scott, I hope you can get out the door with your heat this big dog. <laughs> I know. But we had we kind of been messaging around then, and then it was this 26th of January 2020. He doesn't post a lot. Okay. Okay, Dollarino. The Justin to your Britney. <laughs> <laughs> and we had, yeah, so we ended up talking anyway, and then we'd arranged a date for like three weeks in the future, and it never, we kind of were texting, and then it never really came to anything. And then I was like the following Wednesday with one of my old flatmates, and this Spanish guy who I'd like dated briefly was there, and he, like, Waved like we were like good pals at that point. Like, and obviously, nothing had come of it, but he came over and he was like, Oh, like, hey. And then from like behind him swung Scott, and I was like, Fucking shit. I was like, Oh, hi. Like, and um, he was like, How do you two know each other? And I was like, Oh, like, he's um, he's teaching me Spanish. Um, and that's all I have to say. Like, bright red, obviously, just so much. And the way Scott retells the story, he's like, Oh, yeah, he's he's teaching me Spanish. And he was just like, Go fuck yourself. But anyway. I managed to, we managed to sail past that sticking point. And then he was like, I don't know if you remember, but like we talked about maybe going on a date. And I was like, yeah, no, like I'm still really, really keen. So I think it was like the following weekend we went to Phillies on the South Side. Love it. Coffee. And a little walk around Queen's Park. Um, and yes, yeah. it's history. The rest is history. Oh, it's oh, so lovely. Three and a, so three and a half years later. We're actually coming up to our half year anniversary. Not that I'm cutting in. Um, <laughs> did you do half years, David? We did for like, you know, I six months. That. We used to go to French restaurants. It was like a weird thing. Every Like we did it at six and 18 months. We just randomly ended up at French restaurants. We were like, let's make this a thing. Aww, and Love that. But, um, <laughs> our, it's because it. also though our actual anniversary is Leap Day. It's the 29th of February. Mm. Uh, we've not even, we've not actually had, like this year will be our first 
actual anniversary where we of have course. an anniversary on the day. So, David, thank you so much for being our first guest. I, I hope we come back on, but so you've spoken so eloquently and you've been so open and I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been Love really that. informative and yeah. always a good laugh with you. Always. Oh, the best. Mm-hmm. Always. Just one other question. I think just to round up, sum up and, you know, finish it nicely on this. I saw actually um, Stephen Bart- Bartlett mm-hmm. ask Jonathan Van Ness this actually on his most recent podcast episode and I just thought my god what an interesting question and one that you know potentially like well, hopefully Karen and I can even learn from so uh, we obviously banned that word about ally and you know mm-hmm. we love to think of ourselves as allies and like I this is my friend do. Valentina she's an ally <laughs> <laughs> and but like for you what like what do people what should people do how can people be an ally is that a thing for you or do you just think mm-hmm. so i think jonathan van ness's answer was everyone should just be involved in everyone's rights and they should make it their problem and mm-hmm. they should make it their it's everyone's yeah problem. yeah i mean i i do like the word ally like because i do like to think that i stand in allegiance with you and in everything you stand for and for all your rights but i'm also not gay so that's maybe not my place to say that i think yeah i think with I think Jonathan Van Ness, I think they make a really good point where they, it is a job for everyone. We all have a collective responsibility, you know, in the same way we would all stand up against racism, misogyny, whatever. We have to call out those behaviours. And I think it's being an ally, it goes way beyond just being like gay rights. Like I think this Pride Month has been, you know, great for most people, but it's been quite bruising for a lot of people in our community. We've had really toxic anti-Pride protests this year. We've had the Qatar World Cup. We've had Mm. so much negative events happening where, you know, in places like Qatar where like gay men face lives in prison for being who they are. They face, you know, execution in some, and still in some countries, it's still the, you know, the law. Mental. And I think this year in particular, where we've had really toxic discussions around this with, you know, the, Gender Reform Act in Scotland and a lot of those things, you know, we're under attack at the minute. And I know it's not it's not gay men, it's not lesbians, it's not bisexual, yeah. but it's trans people, and they are ultimately you can pretend like they're not, but they are part of our community. We they yeah. for our rights, we should be fighting for them yeah. just as much. And as straight people, you know, we're we're the minorities at the back of the classroom, so we're always going to be fighting for our rights. But it's up to straight people to advocate for us. Mm. You know, you, you do come from a point of relative privilege where, you know, you you are, you know, cisgendered and, you you know, you're attracted to the opposite sex. And, you know, that's, you know, good for you. Sorry about it, but good for you. Um, <laughs> Shame for you, but whatever. Wouldn't be my choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think you have to advocate for those people who do come from those minorities because we can't be the only voice in the room mm. you know absolutely you have to speak up you have to if someone's deliberately misgendering someone like sam smith got a lot of a bashing this year oh yeah you know and they don't deserve it they you know madonna would have done the same thing and probably got a bashing but nowhere near as much as they did and i, I think, feel like she would be celebrated now as like an icon for that kind of thing like, like lady gaga i'm just gonna say oh, that mm-hmm. she is the true ally obviously lady oh gaga. she is and goat. i think the goat, um, the goat. and the greatest ally of our time, the good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think, I think, be more Lady Gaga. We need to be more Lady Gaga because yeah. we all have a voice. We all have time to, you know, stick up for one another. And trans people in particular, 
and I don't mean to single out one element because we all need advocated yeah. for, but yeah. under attack or whatever. And it's low hanging fruit to go after people who are non-binary or transgender. And I think when you know they come for them, they will come for us eventually. You know, everyone's yeah, gonna absolutely. be under attack. You know, it's a it's not just it's not just trans people they're going for it. It's a full wind back of rights yeah. for all of us. And we should all be concerned. So we all have it. I think we all have a lot to do. And we all have a lot to yeah. educate each other and educate our kids. Karen, you know, as you're doing so well. I know. Never mind, Miss Rachel. We need. Um, I know. Miss Rachel. We need Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call her up on like, you know, the gate telephone and be like, Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need you, Lady. Yeah. Lady? Lady Gaga. Down in Largs. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Get on that prom. Um, but no amazing thank you so much David thank you David definitely have tugged at a few heartstrings of Uh our listeners and I hope everyone takes heed of what David is saying and because I as the white male have a lot to say listening to (laughs) like they always do I think also you should say that I say this from the perspective of a white man you should definitely be listening to our trans non-binary people of colour you know there's you know there's so much education out there to be had and I think, you know, it can't hurt to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's your homework, podcasters. <laughs> oh, my God. So next week will be our penultimate episode of that. <laughs> Guests for that week. But you'll be back to the regular Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We'll uh, be talking all things hen because we'll just be back from beep. God. Where are we going, Paul? <laughs> We can tell you. The regular no. programming will resume of the wedding chat next week. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're not we're not going to be quite so woke next week. Next week is just going to be about usual hen. Another heterosexual <laughs> wedding, lovely. Another heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> of us being less Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. wait till it's yours, David. Yeah. Oh my God, the event of this You'll season. get a week's. Yeah. You'll get Are you going to be weeks. broadcasting live? Oh, that'd be great. Right, so, okay. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yes, thank you so much. And again, I know we've said it about 400 times. Thank you so much, David. It has been so refreshing. I've loved having you. You are a dollarino. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And hi to all David's family and friends that have decided to tune in for this one episode. I'm shining out and slandering Uh on this podcast. Wait till you see the 30 go to 60 for this one episode. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, dollarinos. Bye, dollarinos.